I would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. All opinions and discussions on the podcast are purely individual experience, so please consult a doctor or medical professional for more information. Welcome to the Shake It Up Show, a podcast in partnership with Shake It Up Australia Foundation for Parkinson's Research, where we speak to people whose lives have been impacted by Parkinson's disease and hear their stories. My name is Amy Louise Ruffle. I'm an actor, comedian, podcaster, and most importantly, a proud Shake It Up Australia ambassador in support of my dad who lives with Parkinson's. My guest this week is a pretty special one, and he is the inspiration behind the podcast and my personal involvement with Shake It Up Australia. He is a retired purchasing manager for a sporting goods company, a lover of all things sport, and 100% the funniest person I know. It is my dad, Rob Ruffle. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Amy. Great to be here. (laughs) It is weird to hear you call me Amy because... (laughs) Good morning, Bambino. How are you going? I'll get too much personal information. <laughs> no, thank you so much for doing the first ever version of this. It's a bit of a trial run for both of us, I'd say. Very much so. So you mentioned earlier, and um, if you don't want this mentioned, we can cut it out, but that you're a little bit apprehensive about coming on and talking about this. How are you feeling right now in the moment? Yeah, um, well, you'd be able to tell with my voice I'm a little bit, uh, little bit emotional. Mm-hmm. But, and that's mainly due to my medication at the moment. Um, I've had a change, and we'll, we'll probably discuss that later when, uh, in the program. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that I can do my bit for for Parkinson's research for Shake It Up Foundation, and yeah, just be able to uh, help hopefully help somebody else who might be going through a similar sort of situation. I think you absolutely will. Like the power of stories, so important and hearing someone else's experience can really be helpful when you're going on that journey and feel like you're not alone and um, mm. even that camaraderie of the community around Parkinson's and shared shared knowledge and experience. Yeah, I, um, I'm lucky that uh, in a way I suppose that um, I've got some, some friends with the Parkinson's as well and we discuss bits and pieces and we're continually uh, checking up on our um, journeys if you like and so it's, it's it's very handy to be able to do that. Well, we'll get into all of the um, PD chat as we go on, but I want to jump back a little bit earlier first and talk about life pre-Parkinson's. Tell us about what you did for work, what you did for fun. Okay. Um, my, uh, my academic qualifications are that of a physical education and mathematics teacher. Being a phys ed teacher, I was always very active, played lots of sport, um, tried to instill that into my children, which I think I've done. Fairly, or we have done fairly successfully. I married a phys ed teacher as well. So uh, uh, my work for the first ten years, I taught in um, state secondary schools, and then I resigned from teaching and started to work with a, uh, a man and his wife selling sporting equipment to schools. Um, I was a rep for five years and. As, a, as our um, service grew better and our um, notoriety grew, grew further, I then became a purchasing manager and did that for the last 25 years before I re- retired in 2014. 
uh, where I did for fun. Well, the sport was the main main driver of what we did. I played uh, local A grade cricket. I played national league volleyball. I played tennis. Um, played a bit of golf, uh, which I, I then took up more in later life. But uh, uh, in the early days, I was uh, very much into uh, active sport, and um, uh, that's that's where I got a lot of enjoyment. We had a lot of uh, good times with friends, playing volleyball mainly. Do you want to tell us what the name of your volleyball team is? You really want to know? <laughs> I mean, it's haunted me for a great deal of my life, so I think it's sorry, only sorry. fair. <laughs> okay, so my volleyball team is called Nads, and we would run, run onto the court and yell out, Go Nads! And for those that uh, are not in the know, Go Nads are the reproductive uh, system for uh, male and female um, people, animals, everything. And I would just like to say... Um, for from my side of that story, I was a mere three, four, five, however old, with all the other children of the parents, and we're sitting on the sidelines supporting our parents, as all good children do, and yelling out, go nads, go nads, and not even batting an eyelid until there I was, 17 years old, in my final year of health classes in school, and I looked down at this drawn-out figure of a, um, a human being, and is pointing to the um, genitals region and it says gonads. And I said, that's so funny because that sounds like what... And then it hit. Oh, dear. It was a transformative moment, wasn't it, Robbie? (laughs) (laughs) So I think another thing you do for fun is (laughs) you make a sense of humour. You're a very, very funny man. Oh, life is too short to be uh, too dull about things. Um, And also you used to, yes, stab us stand on the side of the court and yell out, go dads, which I thought was uh, quite funny as well. <laughs> we did the radio edit, the, the PC version as well as the gonads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now getting into some Parkinson's chat, when do you first remember feeling there was a change in your health? Like what was that? What were those first initial symptoms? The, the first thing you know, I remember, I was in Queensland with you and your mother. We were at a, an outdoor cafe and I was squinting into the sun a little and um, my brow would uh, sort of um, had a twitch and um, I could make and I get the similar sort of twitch near my mouth and the, the two uh, important girls in my life uh, said, Robbie, there's something wrong, you need to do something about that. And I said, that's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> I mean, we've been telling you there's something wrong with you for um, a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So um, uh, I went to my GP and my GP referred me to a neurologist and the neurologist said, mm, not sure what it is, could be the early onset of Parkinson's. I said, oh, you're joshing me. That's, uh, no, I wouldn't get Parkinson's, I'm, I'm too active, but uh, I don't show any other um, traits. But um, that was, I think that was early 2014. Um, I'm not sure where we went after that. Yeah, but, do you remember uh, anything about the road to that f- official diagnosis and even how to find a neurologist? Well, the neurologist came through the through the GP. Once, uh, yeah, well, there must have been something more definitive. Uh, but, oh, yeah, okay. So with Parkinson's, the, the normal stance of a person with Parkinson's is they have hunched shoulders, they uh, have their hands in front of their body, they, they walk without swinging their arms, and that that was me all over, and so 
once once we, we I'd been to the neurologist uh, and he he uh, did a few tests on me. It's there's no definitive way of working out um, whether you have Parkinson's or not, except by observation and by observing all my traits. Yes, I had Parkinson's. The sister of uh, the, the lady for whom I worked for a long time also had Parkinson's and was uh, under a neurologist at St Vincent's Private Hospital in uh, in Melbourne. Uh, under the guy's name was Professor Malcolm Horn, and uh, I got a referral to him. And um, previously, the previous neurologist had um, put me onto a drug called Matapar, and that that got rid of all of the um, seemingly the symptoms that I had. And if you if the Matapar works, then that, that's what we're treating. We know for sure that you have Parkinson's. When we went and saw Professor Horn. He went through a battery of tests. Uh, he also does a lot of work with research into Parkinson's, and I volunteered to to join his research group because I figured if that's the one thing I could do for all these other poor sufferers of Parkinson's. Now I'm starting to get emotional again. That's um, all right. But uh, I would do that because it's not only going to help. Well, well, it won't help me, but it might help somebody else further down the track. And that was my my um, main. Uh, aiming doing the research with Professor Horn. Which is an amazing thing to know that it might not be in your time that they find a cure for it, but you're contributing to the work that's going to make that happen. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to do, along with um, hopefully helping out somebody. Even if it's only one person through this podcast, then, yeah, I, I feel that I've done my bit. You absolutely do. You do, you do more than your bit. So when you got that... F- final official diagnosis from Professor Horn after all those tests. What do you remember feeling at the time? Um, I didn't really feel any different. And the Matapar was was keeping me under control. So uh, basically my life went on uh, unchanged because the, the Matapar was doing its, its, its job. So no noticeable symptoms once the um, medicine intervened? No, and not a lot outwardly uh, prior to the medicine. A lot of a lot of people have a um, uh, um, hand movement or something like that, which they can't control, um, which I, I don't have a lot of. I'm starting to get a little bit of it now, but in the early days, outwardly there was no visible signs. Um, but my um, my main problem was my my walking, my gait. Um, I, I, would, I felt like my feet were glued to the f- floor when I was without that apart. Which, like, that must be a bizarre feeling, knowing that that's not something you've experienced your whole life. Your body's just moved in the way that you wanted it to. Yeah, yeah. Some, something else has taken over. Yeah. And so, so what are the symptoms now? Uh, the same, but exacerbated. So, uh, to, to a greater degree. When I when, uh, I take my first medication at about seven in the morning, and probably by about seven thirty, I'm finally starting to move without this um, my my feet glued to the floor. I tend to have to overbalance to to get thing to get moving. It's it's difficult for me to take that first step. Once I get going, I'm okay. Uh, the first step is usually quite difficult, and uh, in overbalancing, you're only one step away from falling. I I, I haven't fallen. I I don't. To see that as being a big problem for me at the moment, but ultimately, as the um, 
the, the condition gets worse, then falls are definitely on the cards. Um, speech and um, swallowing and taste and smell, they can all be affected too. Has any of that been a part of your experience? Yeah, um, I, I, don't, I don't smell a lot. But at least I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, smell, but you can't smell it. <laughs> that's right, yeah, which is a good thing for me. No, I, that's, uh, that's one of the joys of uh, life, which have gone by the wayside, uh, smelling something. Uh, I drink a little bit of red wine, and um, my first reaction is to sniff the red wine. Well, that's a waste of time because I can't smell it. Um, and along with smell goes taste. So unless something is really quite strong in its taste, then it really doesn't taste all that much. Uh, all, I, all I can get is texture in uh, more bland food. Swallowing with Parkinson's people, the Parkinson's um, disease stops the body doing all of the things which come natural. And um, swallowing is one thing. Um, the track of uh, food and waste products through the body is another thing. Um, Oh, there's a third thing I can't. Uh, lose, losing uh, co- concentration is another thing. Which I, <laughs> no, no, don't use that as an excuse, sir. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so it, it's really quite funny. I go, I go off to my to Professor Horn, and he'll say, um, "And so, uh, any constipation? Well, no, not yet, but I'll look forward to that when it comes along." <laughs> um, then he said one time, he said, "Oh, and do you drool?" I said, "No, not yet, but." That's another thing I'll look forward to. <laughs> so all, all those natural things of um, swallowing um, uh, and getting rid of saliva out of your mouth and those sort of things are, uh, uh, are just not natural, don't happen naturally with Parkinson's. So do you feel like you have to sort of think about those more autonomous things more? Is that how you get around it? Because you do swallow still. Yes, yeah. Um, well, the swallowing is, is part of the peristaltic action, which is the uh, squeezing of the muscle, soft, uh, smooth muscle on the uh, in the esophagus and in the um, in your bowels. So, yes, you can you can get rid of the saliva out of your mouth successfully, but you can't make the uh, the smooth muscle that that's an involuntary thing. It's sort of like heart muscle; you can't control your heart rate. Um, so uh, that, that's where the problems with constipation can occur. Um, but, but fortunately for me, that's that's not an issue yet. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we all look forward to an update on that one. Oh, when it lovely. Becomes. I'll look forward to sharing with you. <laughs> we'll have you back for a, a nice poop chat. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. tell us um, what is a, what's a good day at the moment? A good day is when the, the matter part works mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, can, I can get around without feeling that my feet are stuck to the ground, I can, um, my, my coordination is, is good. Yeah, life, life is pretty much okay. When, when I played, uh, I've just given up playing golf, but when I was playing golf, I would um, pre-medicate and then after nine holes, I would take another, another matter par and that would get me through the game and I would, my coordination would be good. But um, I've given away the golf because the, Along with the other things in Parkinson's, your, your muscle fibres don't fire as, as rapidly as they used to, so I can't hit the ball as far as I used to. I get very frustrated with uh, uh, not being able to hit the ball very far. So uh, I've taken up lawn bowls, which uh, I'm, I'm heavily into now, and um, 
but it's your will away. <laughs> and that's that I'm I'm getting getting through those games quite okay, as long as I keep the medication up. So you might have given us a little teaser into what my next question was, which is on a good day, what are you doing? What are the things that you enjoy? Obviously lawn bowls is a big part of that. Yeah. Is there anything else on the, the Rob Ruffle repertoire? Yeah, we look after our grandson. Um, well, God, he gets a run in before me. <laughs> well, we don't look after you anymore much. <laughs> and, and look, just spending time with the family, that's, um, uh, here I go again, getting emotional. <laughs> but, um, the family are very supportive. Um, you, you were wonderful. Um, it's great having Mason around because he makes you forget some of the, um, the bad things of, uh, in life. Mason being the grandson. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's... Uh, and what else do I do for fun? Oh, I've spent a bit of time in the garden, but that's uh, becoming more difficult um, as we go. And we, we live on a fairly large block, so there's a lot of garden to look after. There is indeed. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you feel like the medication has changed um, how you feel emotionally with things. How are you coping with that change as well as the physical symptoms? Um, yeah, well, along with Matapar, we, we get prescribed a, a secondary drug, which if, if you, um, when you take the Matapar, you, after half an hour, the, the, uh, the dopamine starts to kick in and your, your levels are high, but um, they don't stay high for long and the, the Matapar wears off and so you have this um, sine wave uh, effect of the the drug up, down, up, down. And so I take Ciprol, which um, is supposed to decrease the peaks and troughs in the levels of the, the dopamine. And I've been, been on that for uh, well, probably five or six years, I suppose. I've been a sufferer for eight or nine years. I, because the... Um, the peaks and troughs were, weren't smoothing out um, well enough. I, I had an increase in the Citrol, and, um, and I'll read you some of the side effects of Citrol. This is quite funny. Um, feeling sick, vomiting, yeah, okay. Constipation or diarrhoea. Oh, well, again. <laughs> we've got all bases covered there. <laughs> dry mouth, drowsiness. Well, I've always had drowsiness. And the dry mouth could actually help counter the potential the drooling. drooling, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <the> drool lumps. <laughs> Uh, uh, confusion or hallucinations well that's me i'm, I'm always confused <laughs> restlessness dizziness headaches lightheadedness blurred vision swelling of the hands and ankles or feet uncontrollable twitching so it, it's good stuff this um uh, these these drugs if you read all the um the, the fine print yeah that's right so um but what it has made me do is um uh, be, become quite emotional about lots of things, which is not really me. Paranoia is another one, which uh, which is on, on the list of things there. So um, I, I was listening to some music from my my youth recently and one of the songs came on and I just burst into tears. I thought, wow, this is just craziness. Um, not my go, but um, uh, so I'm, I'm hoping it's the change in the sit role that... Um, that's doing these things, and that's the only thing I can put it down to. So uh, I'm seeing my neurologist today, actually, so we're going to discuss those sort of things and just see whether it's worthwhile persevering. Um, I've tried to desensitise myself against um, 
the, the the music at least by listening to to that that particular song a lot. And it is working. I, I don't cry anymore. I just get a lump in the throat. <laughs> so some exposure therapy for yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yes. Well, first question, first follow-up, tell us what that song is. And then my second question is, do you have that thought of like, well, maybe should I just reduce it and endure the physical symptoms more if you're feeling like it is really making drastic mental changes? Yeah. Okay, can we just go back to the um, The song? Which- Two questions in a row. I'll forget the second one. In fact, now I think I've forgotten the first one. So be a little bit careful about how many questions you ask. And third one. question. No, 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 no. So okay. song title. So my song is um, a song by Pink Floyd. It's called Brain Damage. We can probably see how that could be a particularly heightened emotion song. Yeah, that's right. And um, there's a, a, a line in there. Um, which I thought was particularly pertinent. I mean, there's somebody in my head, but it's not me. Oh. And, and I, I have a lot of problems with that. Yeah. It's a very evocative line. And when yeah. you feel like you're not yourself, that's a really, really tough feeling. Mm, yeah. So um, that leads perfectly to the second question, which is, do you wonder, is it worth having this medication if it's changing and making me feel like I'm not in my head? You know, what's worse, the symptoms or the cure? Yeah, well, a few, few alarms have just gone off there. <laughs> yeah, that's what, oh, that's what we need to discuss um, with, um, with, the, with Professor Horn uh, or with the neurologist this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been on it for probably three months now, and uh, I think I'm getting better. But uh, and I, th- I think you can get used to it, but I'm just not sure whether it's uh, whether that's a hundred percent necessary or not. Yeah, yeah, it's I guess picking the lesser of two evils almost, isn't it? Yes, that's right, very much so. So, yeah. talk to me about what's been the reaction from people around you when you've told them family, friends, co-workers, if it was a relevant thing before you retired? I can't remember. No, no, it was, it was diagnosed. I retired and um, I started a handyman business because I've always been very practical and uh, I, I enjoy fixing things. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, but I found that uh, I had trouble screwing a, a nut onto a bolt or something like that. And I thought, man, I, I have really got old and dottery very quickly and that was around about the same time of the, as the uh, the diagnosis the other thing oh yeah we should have covered this earlier um, That's okay. i went, went away on a golf trip and uh, in my my villa uh, where there were three people living we one of them was a, a gp and uh, and i played golf with a, a gp as well and the the bloke that i was living with uh, had a word to my mate Gunter, and um, he said uh, something to the effect that uh, I think he's got Parkinson's, he needs to see a neurologist. And that that's really when it all started. Uh, so, Which that's just almost more luck than anything, that having someone else that can recognise those symptoms and hopefully got you into treatment earlier than you might have on your yeah. own volition. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, so word got around the golf group very, quite quickly that uh, I had Parkinson's. Um, and other people, yeah, look, it's, it's not something that I um, go up to people and say, hi, I'm Rob Ruffalo, Parkinson's. Um, 
If they say to me, you're walking a little bit strangely or you're standing a bit hunched over, I'd say, you yeah, let's I have Parkinson's and that's a typical trait of that. So I'm happy to share it, but it's not, it's not something that I lead with. Yeah, so uh, no, that, that's... Uh, so their reactions are mostly people know there is something amiss, but they're not quite sure what it is. Do you feel like there has been any um, judgment or change of your interactions or relationships with people? No, I don't think so. Um, pe- people tend to look after me uh, because of the way I walk. Sometimes it looks like I'm about to fall over, so people are always uh, ready to catch me, but... Um, I can only see that any in tears for both of us if that happens. <laughs> yeah, double the, the trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of symptoms and stuff, what do you and other people's, I guess, idea of Parkinson's, have you come across like common misconceptions? Like what do you wish people better understood? Because I think everyone sort of has the idea of Michael J. Fox and the um, tremors in the hands. Yeah, well, it manifests itself in lots of different ways. Um, as I say, I, I don't necessarily have a hand tremor. Um, but, but that's the way I walk, the way I hold myself. That, that's the, uh, the the giveaway for me. But uh, no, I, I, I don't think I, I don't think people think any less of you because you have Parkinson's. Um, there, there's probably more, maybe a little bit of pity, that, especially with the, the people with the handshaking, um, because it's so obvious of what it is that uh, the problem. Yeah, well, they certainly no one should be thinking less of anybody. Uh, we're all dealt the cards that we're dealt, and we're doing the best we can. Yeah, absolutely. And so, in terms of interventions, what have you found helpful? Like medication, physical therapies, group classes, psychologist? Have any of them been beneficial? Yeah, I've uh, I've I did a, a course at um, at a rehab centre called PD Warrior Warrior Parkinson's Disease Warrior which involve big movements. And, and that, that's what Parkinson people generally don't do is um, do big movements. So uh, we used to do this exercise called Tada, and where you would stand there and you'd take a big step forward and you'd throw your arms up in the air and yell out, Tada! <laughs> I can remember doing this in a room and um, people coming around looking in the room thinking, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> because they're doing, like, making these crazy movements and um, yelling out, Tada! Um, but there, there's lots, lots of, um, of these large movements with um, big hand gestures and no clenched fists. That's another thing that Parkinson people do. They, they have their hands um, clenched up too much. So big uh, hand movements, spread fingers, um, reaching high, reaching low, doing all sorts of things. So PD Warrior was fantastic, um, but um, the health the health insurance covers it, but uh, only uh, once a year. So uh, probably something that I, I need to go back to now, another two or three years down the track, and uh, and see how I perform through that. See the how local- big your tadas are. Yeah, that's right. I, I said today to those people, but now I have to re- uh, reintroduce myself again. <laughs> oh God! Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I also go to the, the local council run Parkinson's um, uh, exercise uh, sessions on, on a uh, weekly basis, and I, I go to that. And there are probably ten or twelve people who are involved in that, and um, doing very similar sort of things. Um, big movements. We do the tadas. We um, do 
uh, squats and um, stepping over things. A lot of stepping movements with with big steps because again, it's, um, we we tend to not to take big steps and the, the possibility of tripping and then falling is uh, is um, is promoted uh, or heightened through the through the disease. Well, they sound like two really great classes, and I guess other people listening can look in their uh, at their local council and things like that for a a Parkinson's course. Yes, yeah, and as I say, I've um, I've been involved with the research through uh, St Vincent's Hospital and every so often we do a, a test which uh, involves uh, various um, things like uh, drawing the face of a clock, counting backwards by certain numbers from 100 or coming up with a, a few words or you know, as many words as you can starting with the letter, any particular letter of the alphabet. So to someone that's just been diagnosed, what advice would you have for them or what would you say to them? Take your medication. Um, don't, don't be late with it. Uh, if you get the offer of um, through council or whoever it happens to be to go to classes, then do it because um, they, they are important. Big movements are important. And um, just get, try and live your life as, as, um, as normally as you can knowing that um, you do have this uh, uh, cerebral problem, which is it's not going to get any better. It's probably only going to be, well, it will only get worse. And uh, so, yeah, live your life while you can. Well, that is exceptional advice, Roberto. Um, thank you so much for your time. I have one last question and then you're oh, free yes. to go. What's made you laugh in the last week? In the last week? And if you don't answer something to do with me, <laughs> I yeah, will be no, furious. Yeah, I'm in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> What's made me laugh? That, that, that's a tough one. I can't even remember laughing this week, but I must have. Robbie, that's the saddest answer of all. If you can't, re- if you haven't laughed this week, and I know oh, you have, I can give but, your example if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good start, and then that might jog my memory. <laughs> well, Robbie and I have a fun tradition where. Um, if we're entering a space, if we've been separate living our lives and we enter a space, we'll try and hide from each other until we get as close as possible. Every opportunity is a game of hide and seek. And yes, I am 31 years old. And uh, yesterday we met in a park and we played the game and I got distracted because someone called me. And so Robbie won because he jumped up over a, a, a barrier and there he was and he surprised me and we laughed because yeah, it's, okay. it's a yeah, silly that, thing that to problem. do. Yeah, <laughs> we realise how immature we're being playing our little game. Uh, when we hide, we hide behind a lamppost or something like that, which is clearly not big enough to hide us, but um, <laughs> we still still go through the uh, through the exercise. Oh, I'm sorry. I, did I imply that we were good at it? <laughs> it's a <laughs> shocking game of hide and seek. <laughs> and there you got a little laugh there. So we've got your one for the next week checked off. <laughs> I'll have to try and remember that. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Shake It Up Australia funds groundbreaking research that aims to slow, stop and cure Parkinson's disease. And they need your help. Throughout April, you can support the Pause for Parkinson's campaign and pledge a donation or participate in fundraising or clinical trials. So to support Shake It Up's vision of a world without Parkinson's, head to shakeitup.org.au forward slash podcast to get involved. Together, we can find a cure.